Doc's Watch is meant for entertainment purposes only and not, I repeat, not meant to give medical advice or diagnosis. Always consult your doctor and not your podcast host if you have a medical question, concern, or ailment. Enjoy the show. Hello, welcome to Doc's Watch, the show where real doctors tell you what's real, what's not, and what's maybe possible in your favorite movies and TV shows. I'm Dr. Jen. And I'm Dr. Deepa. Thanks to everyone who's listened so far. Presumably, you like what you hear, so rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. If you don't like it, don't do that. And thanks for listening anyway, I suppose. We only want the five stars. I mean, four stars is fine, too. Fine, four or five stars. If you don't, if you like it less than four or five stars, just don't. Just move on with your yeah, life. <laughs> don't don't worry about it. I mean, still listen if you want to, but yeah. But otherwise, don't worry about it. But rating and reviewing on Apple is actually very helpful for other people to find the podcast. So that would be great if you could do that. Indeed. Anyway, in this episode, we're back in the Star Wars universe. This time on the fiery volcano planet of Mustafar, which has surprisingly terrible burn management protocols. So we'll cover burns. And burns. And volcanoes. So enjoy the episode. So today we're going to be talking about Star Wars again, specifically Revenge of the Sith. And specifically, even more specifically, the part where Anakin and Obi-Wan are fighting in the volcano of Mustafar. I'm probably pronouncing that wrong, but yes. it looks like Star Mustafa Wars fans, with an R. Star Wars so. fans, don't add us. We understand there's a lot of technical detail in the Star Wars universe, and yes. we're and just once again, going with what we know. And we've, once again, only watched the movies. Yes. So if you have any, like, corroborating evidence about various things from the TV shows or books, you know, you will be correct in thinking that we don't know those things. So, <laughs> um, so basically, but we still this, love Star Wars. We do. <laughs> Deep in our hearts, love yes. it. Yes, just not as intensely as some other people. Um, so the scene that we're talking about is, you know, the epic fight scene between Anakin and Obi-Wan and the aftermath of that fight scene. They're fighting in the middle of an obviously active volcano. There's lava spewing up all over the place. There's ash obviously blowing through the wind. Um, and the climactic moment of that scene is, spoiler alert, I guess, if you haven't seen this yet for some reason, um, Anakin leaps onto Obi-Wan's hovering platform. Obi-Wan <laughs> promptly cuts off both of his legs as well as his mid-leap. one remaining arm. <laughs> Gets both legs off mid-leap. <laughs> yes. And then also his one remaining arm. His other one's already a robot arm or a cybernetic arm. Um, and then Anakin like collapses on this bank next to a, a flowing lava stream or a lava lake. And the bank obviously looks like it's made out of tiny lava rocks and ash. And Anakin is there and basically like <laughs> <Tiny> slowly, <lava. laughs> slowly catching on fire. Any geologists out the there, lava. feel free to correct our technical terms like lava rocks. Yeah, lava rocks. I mean, they're rocks from lava. That seems pretty accurate to me. All right. So Anakin catches on fire and Obi-Wan's just like, I'm so disappointed in you, and then walks away. Um, And then eventually, after Anakin, like, is trying to claw his way up this embankment, some droids come and put him on a stretcher and then cart him away. 
After um, his whole body is burnt. <laughs> after his entire body is burnt. And it starts raining. Don't forget that it starts raining. Yes. And probably like acid rain, like yeah. sulfurous rain. Yeah. Um, so basically, we want to talk about this scene because we want to talk about burns and burn management. Burns are a common um, movie TV injury. Um, I think probably one of the reasons is that you can still be talking and screaming while you're getting burned. And there's so many different ways to get burned. Um, But what we're going to talk about are sort of three main types of burns that we see in like the Star Wars universe. Um, The first, so the three types of burns we'll talk about, we'll talk about plasma burns, electrical burns, and then thermal burns. And we'll spend the most time on the last one since that's the most relevant to our uh, topic today. Um, But the first thing we thought about was just lightsabers in general, sort of what are they made out of? And if you got in a fight with someone with a lightsaber, like how would that actually hurt you? So when we did some research, um, it seems like a lightsaber is made out of the kyber crystals and is like a plasma blade. So plasma is that, you know, state of matter that in the second grade, when your second grade teacher asked you, what are the states of matter? There was like some kid who was acting real smart in the background that said, oh, don't forget about plasma. Um, (laughs) And that person grew up to be an engineer. So, (laughs) um, so we were trying to figure out if there's any like real world uses of plasma. And apparently plasma is used in uh, various types of welding of metals. Like there's a plasma, cutters. Um, and so most of the information we found about how a plasma burn would uh, would look came from machinist websites and forums, um, which is just kind of an interesting thing. And, you know, you never know about other people's careers, I guess, until you take a look at it. But um, essentially, it seems like a plasma burn would be a very powerful burn. But because it's sort of burning you at the same time that it's cutting you, um, you wouldn't have a ton of bleeding and it would be a kind of like clean cut. Right. And we figured that the plasma cutters that they use in machinery or machining things um, was kind of the best reference that we had to lightsabers, essentially. And in in those cases, because you can have plasma at lower temperatures, so like, you know, plasma TVs and stuff used partially ionized plasma as well. But in terms of when machining things, you need plasma that is highly charged and very hot. And so that's probably most like what we would understand a lightsaber to do. Yeah. So it, it wouldn't be something where if you cut someone with a lightsaber, they would like bleed a ton because the heat itself would do something to blood vessels, which is called cauterizing them, um, which basically burns the ends of them so that they sort of close up and don't bleed. So it would be really hard to just kill someone by cutting their limbs off with a lightsaber, which kind of makes a lightsaber an inefficient weapon um, compared to like a really sharp sword. Yeah. I mean, where you could just stab people. Yeah, where you could just stab them and then they would bleed. Yeah, Um, and I think think this is supported by by the scene, too, because you would expect if you were to cut someone's legs off, you would get a lot of arterial bleeding. There would just be blood spraying everywhere. Yeah, it would not take long. Like, those vessels in your legs are enormous. Oh, yeah, they're huge. And Anakin definitely does not, he's not bleeding, as far as I can tell, from... Yeah. The movie. And even if he were, there's a volcano right behind him that's also <laughs> cauterizing, cauterizing the other end of his leg stumps. 
<laughs> and the, it's a little bit much. Like, that's kind of overkill to cauterize your wounds with the volcano. But, you know, you use what you have. You use what you have. So um, the next type of burn, so as you mentioned, like a plasma, it's sort of like electricity and heat at once. Pure electrical burns are actually uh, are another type of burn that's pretty interesting. And this is like what you think of when somebody gets struck by lightning um, little kids we worry about because if they're around like um, sort of poorly insulated w- like cords and wires and they bite them or they take or if you take a utensil or a paper clip or something like that and stick it in a socket. Um, Which a lot of people apparently do. There are a lot of YouTube videos of people sticking forks and knives and like toasters and stuff. Really? Oh my God. Yeah. That's not great. I know. <laughs> Don't do that. Don't eat Tide Pods. PSA. Don't put things in and around your body that you're not supposed to. The more you know. The more you know. Um, so electrical burns are interesting because because it's electricity, we it's still a burn, but it kind of is something where it can it travels throughout the parts of your body that can conduct the electricity. And a lot of the times it's the deeper tissues that are affected and not always the outside of your body, which is what you think of like when you get a thermal burn, which we'll talk about more extensively next. So um, the things that can happen is your body actually uses a ton of electricity, both to do things like power the squeezing of your heart and also transmitting like all the impulses from, you know, your brain down to the rest of your body within your brain. So there's a ton of electricity and a ton of things that depend on uh, differences in voltages, um, you know, across the membranes of your cells. And so as you can imagine, if you suddenly deliver a bunch of electricity to your body, a lot of that stuff can get messed up. Um, So in addition, so you can have arrhythmias in your heart um, by messing up the electricity in the heart. You can have seizures by messing up the electricity in your brain. And sort of lower uh, impact stuff is like tingling and numbness in your fingers and then other scary things that can happen are that all of this can cause a lot of inflammation in like your muscles and that sort of thing and they can start to get damaged and break down and you can get a lot of swelling on the inside um and like death of muscles um and that can cause a lot of bad things like uh compartment syndrome right and i i like to think of it too as um, like, like Deepa said, you have a lot of electricity in your body, but there's also the thing that everybody knows very commonly, which is that you're 70% water and we all know water conducts electricity, yes. um, from movies. So, um, I mean, your body and is science and science also movies and science and your body is just primed to conduct this electricity through it. And so you can have, like, we're talking about a lot of damage to deeper tissues like muscles, um, and so when we're talking about compartment syndrome, so your muscles are kind of divided into different compartments that are separated by something called fascia, which is basically this really papery thin tissue that doesn't have a lot of stretch to it, but it just separates out your body. It's where it's um, what keeps all your muscles like where they are. Right. You know, and um, if because it doesn't have, you know, infinite give, it's not super, super elastic, then if your muscles are swelling because of inflammation or because of damage um, and then resulting inflammation, and that swelling doesn't really have anywhere to go. And if it can't go anywhere, what ends up happening is it ends up compressing your blood vessels and nerves and things like that in that compartment. 
Um, and you can end up actually losing a limb if it's not treated. Yeah, because you quickly. can imagine it basically just like squeezes the blood vessels there at, to the point sometimes where there is no blood flow. And if there's no blood flow, then there's no oxygen going to where it needs to go. Mm-hmm. And if there's no oxygen, then the muscles will just keep breaking down further and further. Um, and then at a certain point, it might not be recoverable. And to fix a compartment syndrome, especially if it's a rapidly oh, occurring compartment syndrome, is like one of those. It's a very, uh, I don't want to use the word barbaric. It looks barbaric. medieval. Yeah. It looks medieval. Like, um, I've seen two of these in my life, and it just, it looks intense. It looks like what you think taking civil a knife war medicine looks And just, like. you, you t- literally take a scalpel, and you're just trying to slash that compartment open to relieve the pressure. Um, and it's called a fasciotomy. It has a very fancy name, but... Um, it's just, you know, literally splitting it open to relieve the pressure. Um, yes, and it looks exactly like that sounds. Yeah. And electrical burns can have a lot of, can have long-term consequences. I mean, anything, obviously there's the long-term consequences of things that happen because of the initial injury. You know, like you could, you could have a heart attack from an electrical burn. And if you do, then you could have a long-term injury to your heart, to your brain, to your organs, all that kind of stuff that comes with every heart attack. Um, But in addition to that, there's some evidence that just an electrical burn on its own could cause long-term issues with things like memory um, and sensation and and that sort of thing. So they're they're pretty serious. And if you're interested in looking in at some cool pictures, you could look at some pictures of what it looks like um, on people's skin when they get lightning, get struck by lightning or they get other electrical burns. And it can cause this really interesting pattern on the skin called... uh, what is it called again? A Lichtenberg? Yes, a Lichtenberg figure. Lichtenberg it's like that figure. branching tree-looking thing Pattern. that you see for electricity. Basically. It's pretty cool. but It looks really neat. But also, if you're going to Google this, be aware that there are a lot of gross pictures. Yeah. So just, just <laughs> get ready for that. Yeah, be prepared. Um, and we do use electricity itself uh, for good. Um, in surgery, we use it all the time uh, to, <laughs> beca- like we mentioned before, you know, electricity can cauterize um, and energy, you know, using thermal electrical energy cauterizes blood vessels. So when we do surgery, we very frequently use a, d- a tool called, it's called a Bovi, which is the brand name, but it's an electrocautery device and it helps to make sure that there's not excessive bleeding when you're, you know, trying to dissect down to the area that you're trying to do surgery on. Um, so we use it all the time for good. Um, so let's get to sort of the biggest thing in this particular scene. So the type of burn that Anakin Skywalker gets is primarily a thermal burn because he's in a volcano. (laughs) He's in a volcano and then lying on volcanic ash and sand and rocks and then ignited by lava. Lava rocks. So I mean, all of that is thermal. All of that is Thermal injury. Just pure heat energy. Um, So when we think about burns and, you know, people talk about burns sort of colloquially all the time, there are different degrees of burns. um, And so we'll talk a little bit about each of those. So there's first through fourth degree burns. And basically what the different degrees of burns try to tell you are essentially how much through the different layers of skin and tissue have you gotten through with the burn. Right. So like the skin, let's just shout out to the skin. Um, (laughs) It's Good job, your, skin. It's the largest organ in your body. It is your number one defense against the elements of the world. Infection, burns, injury, all that kind of stuff. Your skin is is awesome. 
Um, so your the skin has a number of layers. So the outermost layer is called the epidermis. Um, the next layer is the dermis. And then below that, you have layers of connective tissue um, and sort of more specific layers. And then you get to sort of like your your fascia, your muscles, all right. that important stuff. Um, so we tend to think about burns in terms of what all layers did you burn through. So like the first is a first degree burn. Um, and that's sort of the epidermal only layer. That's like if you get a sunburn, it's usually confined just to your epidermis. Like when I frequently accidentally hit the side of my oven when taking things out of it have get you know superficial burns frequently i don't know what my problem is specifically but for some reason i have very poor self-awareness of where my arms are when i'm like taking things out of the oven and so i'm gonna send you some oven mitts (laughs) i know but they have to go like up to my elbows i'm not even joking this is a weird problem that i have the next time i see you i'll show you um But yeah, so this these ones can they can be very painful. I mean, we've all had a sunburn, um, but they usually heal pretty rapidly um, and are are not too big of a deal. You don't generally have to go to the hospital or see a doctor um, for one of these burns. You can take care of it at home. Yeah, just put some of, aloe on it. Yeah, some lotion, aloe lotion, Vaseline. Um, the main way to treat this type of thing is to just sort of protect it so the hin- so the skin can like heal itself. Sunscreen. Um, don't just if you get burned by like an oven. Don't wash it with cold water, you know, like things like that. Sort of lukewarm water if you need to wash it off, but mostly it's just protecting your skin. Right. And then after first degree, obviously a second degree, which we also, you might hear called a superficial partial thickness burn, which just means that it enters, the burn enters into the dermis, but doesn't go completely through. And these are the burns that you'll get where you get like blisters, it tends to be kind of wet. And then because it enters the dermis, your nerves are exposed. And so these are also very painful and usually red. They're usually painful, very red. Red and moist. I'm trying to think of a good example of one. This would be like if somebody, um, you could get this if, you know, you spilt boiling water on yourself. Um, yeah. Especially if you have like a layer of clothing where the water doesn't just hit you and then kind of dribble off of you if it ha- if it sticks to you in some way. Um, and then, of course, like in certain types of fire situations, you can definitely get uh, this type of burn. And this is sort of like plus minus in terms of like if you need to go to the hospital. Um it kind of just depends on how severe not only the burn is, but how significant the pain is. Um, right, and how big it is. These can be like pretty painful. Yes. Um, there's also sort of the second degree deep partial thickness. So this one extends deeply into the dermis. Um, and this, this is basically from here on out is where you definitely would need like some variety of professional to look at it. Sometimes it could be even just as much as an emergency room doctor, but a lot of the times these might require a surgeon or like a specialized burn unit uh, to deal with. So these can go um, pretty deep into the skin, maybe not quite to your layers of like muscle and things like that. But when we worry, what we worry about when the skin is so deeply um, affected by a burn is mainly that when it heals, um, you know, when you when you form a scar, obviously that tissue is not as flexible as your original skin. So you can get what's called a contracture where the skin will sort of like pucker up in that area. Um, and that can be sort of fine and not a big deal if you just have like, you know, a small scar on like your 
arm or your knee from when you like fell as a kid. But if you have a really bad contracture, let's say like right at one of the joints in your fingers, that can cause like, you know, a permanent uh, immobility of that finger and you wouldn't be able to move it. And that can cause like really long term consequences. And if you had something like that over a more extensive area, then, you know, it could affect the way that your tendons heal, the way that your joints heal. It could be um, it could be pretty uh, bad and require a lot of work to make better. Yeah. And that that's basically leads into the third degree, which is full thickness, which is where the burn actually goes through the entire dermis. So you've burned your nerve endings, you've burned like the regenerative cells in that layer, um, which basically means that healing is going to be very problematic and likely require surgery, like skin grafts and things like that. Um, And these are burns that you would start to basically just anticipate that contractures would be a problem because you've already like gotten rid of all of the regenerative elements. You can't really heal that by yourself. And these burns actually, because you've burned through nerves and everything, tend to be painless. um, And they tend to look like leathery, stiff, sometimes like pale looking. Um, and they take a long time to heal. Yeah, because you basically go through all the th- all the things that should help something heal, you've burned through. So like blood vessels, all that stuff is like not there. So all the cells that you need to sort of build things back up can't get there. And I think it's like initially painless, but then I think the healing process yeah, can become very painful. the healing process painful. is painful. Yeah, and this is like you're in the hospital. You know, like you're in the hospital, you're in a specialized burn unit. Um, If you have one, Um, oftentimes like there's I don't know, actually, I would have to look it up and see how um, like how many specialized burn units there are, you know, like in the whole country. But this would be this would be something that if you didn't have one like in your town or your city, they would like fly you somewhere um, to take care of it because it requires a lot of really, really intensive care, um, like round the clock changing of like healing dressings and all that kind of stuff. Um, to be able to, you know, treat a burn like this. Um, So this is like pretty bad. So we I think we can assume that at the very least, Anakin has this type of burn in a lot of places. I mean, he is next to lava. So (laughs) he is, yes, next to lava. So he probably has a good amount of at least uh, at least third degree. Maybe if he's lucky, like, you know, his face is kind of facing away from the lava. So maybe he can have just like second degree deep partial thickness to his like face and stuff like that um but like the back of his body is almost and the parts that get like really burned are almost certainly third degree at least yeah a lot of it i think is like his lower torso and his legs because that's the part that catch on fire first but then it kind of spreads so yeah uh and then of course there's fourth degree burns which is the worst type of burn and this is when like Basically, it's like it's like burning a piece of meat. Like everything is black, um, and there's nothing to recover. Um, it's not just that the muscles are damaged and the tissues are damaged; they're just actually dead. Um, like carb carbonized. At ne- this point. Like, yeah, like they're necrotic carbonized. You you they're more of a risk to keep there because they can be a source of infection um, than they are to try to heal or something like that. So this is like usually requires the entire. Uh, they're that part of the tissue to be excised or just surgically removed. Um, and that can obviously be a bad thing if you have to remove like a huge chunk of muscle from your arm, let's say, because um, that'll affect, you know, the function of everything else that was once connected to it. Um, so Anakin probably had a good number of these as well. Yeah. You know, 
just Anakin's because just of the really fact burnt. that he was in lava. Um, so that's sort of how we think about the types of burns. Um, but when you watch the scene, the most important thing for him is like the stuff that you do when somebody comes in with a really bad burn, like the emergency management. And the first part of managing a burn um, in an emergency is the same thing in every single type of emergency that comes into the hospital, which is you go through like the most vital organ systems, which is like, can you breathe? Is your heart beating? Is blood getting everywhere it needs to? Um, And so one of the things they don't address at all um, after they uh, pick up Anakin, you know, after they find his body in the volcano is his airway. No, they, I mean, they don't address anything. Let's be honest. They put him <laughs> on a true. stretcher. They put him on a stretcher and he's in the rain and they just And they're carrying him. him through some probably acid rain. He has no airway protection in place. I mean, he's inside of a volcano. You can just assume that that air is going to be toxic. Yeah. And then really everyone should be getting burned. Like Obi-Wan probably has some inhalational injuries as well as some burns. Oh yeah, um, that's true. Because the lava inside of the volcano is just, like, no joke. I was reading an article when we were putting together this episode that the lava from Kilauea, which is the volcano that erupted in Hawaii um, a couple of months ago, was clocked in at around, like, 2,100 degrees Fahrenheit. Which is very hot. 2,100 degrees. It was 90 degrees yesterday, and I thought that it was the end times. And you got a sunburn. (laughs) Well, I didn't go outside. Yeah. <laughs> so I protect, smart. because I have a respect for my epidermis. Yes. Um, but yeah, so the I think the thing that they don't show a lot of the times and TV shows and movies and things like that is one of the most dangerous things from getting burned, like being in a house fire or being in a volcano, if you are to find yourself in one or um, any kind of thing like that, is that almost, the most immediate danger from being burned is not necessarily your skin being burned, but the inflammation that can happen in your trachea and in your lungs. Um, right. And that is what can, like, that is what, what can kill you quickly. Right. It's usually the primary cause of death for most people who have died in volcano eruptions, other not counting, like, surprise mudslides and stuff like that, is basically suffocation yeah. because of the heavy ashfall and all of the stuff that's in the air. So you breathe a lot of things that are super irritating and the your airway, so like you're in your trachea, um, you have certain layers of uh, muscle and tissue that can get very inflamed. And when they get inflamed, they swell up. And so as you can imagine, as your airway swells up, the the space in which the air can travel gets smaller and smaller and smaller until you just you can't do it anymore. Um, and in addition to that, the just general inflammation that you can get from breathing in really toxic air just causes lots of fluid to build up in your body. So you can get fluid in the parenchyma or like the smaller airways of your lungs. Um, and that makes it hard to, you know, exchange carbon dioxide and oxygen in addition to just sort of the mechanical obstruction of like your big airways being really swollen. Um, so the first thing we usually ask if somebody has a really, is in a severe burn situation or like in a, comes from a fire or something like that is making sure that their lungs are functioning as we expect them to. So usually you'll like, you know, if, if they're sitting up and talking to you, you're like, that's great, but you have to watch them very closely for the next, you know, 
15, 20 minutes uh, because it could happen very rapidly and it could happen all of a sudden. So, you know, you get an x-ray to see what the state of their lungs are. You, you check their blood gases to see are they exchanging carbon dioxide and oxygen well. Um, but you watch them very, very closely in right. that initial period because that's really it, what can do you in. Yeah. And it's also very deceptive because, um, like Diva said, they can come in and they can be talking to you. But if you see any signs that their airway might have been affected, like their horse, or if you look at their throat and their nose and you see soot or something yeah. like that, a lot of times you will actually electively protect their airway. Yeah, which you'll means just that put a you, breathing you tube just in. put a breathing tube in before, like, even though they're talking to you because you know that it's going to progress and you want to make sure that you have one in place before yeah. it's an emergency. Yeah, it's a lot harder to put a breathing tube in an airway that is swollen. That is closed. Uh, yeah. That is essentially <laughs> closed um, than it is to put the breathing tube in and then, you know, take it out later. Um, it's always going to be a safer situation to just protect the airway now when you have the opportunity to than regret not doing it when you're having trouble doing it later. And then you have to do something more drastic, like put in, um, like cut their... Th- cut the trachea open from the outside to try to get a breathing tube in, um, which is a much, 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 much more challenging situation. But, you know, emergency room physicians and everything are trained to do that type of stuff. But you always like to have things be more calm and more thought out um, if you have the opportunity. Um, So airway is always a big deal. Um, The next thing is fluid. So, you know, your skin, shout out to the skin again, um, (laughs) keeps, you know, it keeps fluid in your body. Uh, it makes it so, you know, it it's responsible things for like when you're when it's hot, you produce sweat so that your body can keep its temperature down. But you know that when you sweat, you lose fluid. Um, when you get a burn, you're exposing, you know, the most teeny tiny little capillaries and things in your body. And you can lose a ton of fluid um, just from that initial burn. So there is something that we use that's called the Parkland burn formula. Um, and what it is, is it's basically an estimation of how much replacement uh, fluids and, you know, in IV fluids that you have to give someone when they get a burn. Um, so it estimates, you know, you put in information like how much they weigh and how what percentage of their body is covered in burns to figure out how to keep up with their fluid losses in the initial first 24 hour period, which can be the most like tenuous period. First of all, thinking about the scene with Anakin, I was just thinking like, I have no idea where you would even put the IV in. You'd have to oh my go. God, that's so true. His skin I, I think is so burned. You'd have to go straight so for a central line. I was going to say he's so severe too. Like with that degree of burns, I don't even know that you would necessarily, if you, if he looked like that coming in, I think you would just go for a central line. Yeah. You would just be like, I can't even waste time I looking mean, for a his vein. burns are so bad his skin is probably burned off enough that you can probably just see his internal jugular vein oh god on the that's outside terrible. and just be like well that's where i'm gonna go put the needle that's terrible and gross <laughs> it is terrible and gross you sh- your your veins should not be exposed in such a way um but yeah so uh the way that the formula works so we're gonna say that uh so in medicine we tend to use this estimation of the 70 kilogram man as like a normal sized human. Um, and we use kilograms because it makes more sense. Because reasons. Because reasons. Um, and so we assume he's 70 kilograms and we're going to assume that his he's got a 100% body surface area burn, which he basically does. I mean, if you go I to think, the tape, yeah, his whole body is burned. I don't think anybody could realistically argue with us about that. <laughs> Even if it's 95%. 
You may as well round it up to 100. So the other thing, though, that we had to keep in mind was that he was that Obi-Wan cut off both of his legs. Oh, and um, his arm. I don't and think his we arm. Put in the arm. I don't think we put in the arm, but we're just gonna we're just gonna go with the legs for now. Um, so Obi Wan cut off both of his legs. We're gonna assume that seventeen percent of his body weight was each leg. Um, and so when you subtract, you know, thirty five percent from seventy, you get forty five kilos. So of his body that's left is forty five kilos of weight. Um, and then if we assume one hundred percent of that. What you basically get using the Parkland burn formula is that he's going to need to be replaced with 18 liters of fluid in the first 24 hours. And what you do is you take half of that number and you make sure that half of that number is given in the first eight hours because that's your period of most rapid fluid loss. And then you give the rest of it in the next 16 hours. Um, So 18 liters, just in case you're wondering, is a lot of fluid. Um, We would normally say like... If for a normal adult, when you replace uh, what we assume is like the normal needs of fluid intake, um, it's like 100 mLs per hour. Um, so 100 milliliters per hour. And we're talking about giving him more than one liter per hour in the first eight hours. Um, so that's a ton of fluid to keep up with. And it further emphasizes the need to have a good airway strategy oh, yeah. um, because giving somebody that much fluid even though they need it uh, you know for their like healing and for th- to maintain their vascular tone we say you know um, it can still flood the lungs because you're just sh- pumping a ton of fluid into someone's body. I'm pretty body. sure it just will flood the lungs. It will flood the lungs that's yeah. true. Yeah giving somebody more than a liter of fluid in an hour um, it will flood the lungs so you have to be very 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 on top of uh, his airway management and making sure that he's getting enough oxygen, uh, making sure that he's able to, um, that even your ventilator is able to deliver the pressures and the breaths as it's supposed to be. So it's a very dicey situation and right. requires a lot, a lot of intensive care. Like somebody essentially being at the bedside like 24 hours and treating every single little change very seriously. Yeah. But all we have are medical droids in this situation. And the medical droids, as we've mentioned before, are nearly worthless. Right. But in addition to airway and fluids, I mean, the other things you have to think about, let's say you get out of the dicey situation, you found like a good way to manage his airway, you're giving him fluids, you're dealing with the aftermath of that. Then you have to think about long-term healing issues. And with burns, infection is a huge, huge thing that we're always concerned about. So he would need tons of antibiotics. Um, he would need tons of pain control because oh. the during healing, what you have to do is you have to make sure that you're getting rid of like parts of the skin or parts of the body that are dead, like we talked about before, that are burned until it's basically black um, because those can actually become a source of infection. Um, and then that process is painful. You're getting your dressings changed like every few hours. Mm. Um it's just, it's a lot. Yeah. And it's not just like getting dressing changed and stuff. Like periodically, you know, you'll have to go in and keep sort of debreeding or getting rid of the parts of the skin and tissue that are sort of like loose and burned off and things like that, you know, as you change the dressings. And it's extremely painful. And then the more and more of that that you have on your body, the more and more risk you have um, for getting a contracture. 
um, and getting just scar re- replacing where there used to be like flexible skin. So for Anakin, I mean, it seems like his whole body should be a contracture. Yeah, which basically. is not he's really just scars now. Yeah, he's just one big scar, which I guess like when you see his face in uh, when do you first see his face again? I don't remember. In the original trilogy. Oh, my I'm gosh. I'm sure someone oh will tell us. Oh, my gosh. We're okay. going to get added so hard for that one. Yes. <laughs> I don't remember. I think I don't remember if it's Return of the Jedi or if it's in Empire Strikes Back. I think it's in Empire Strikes Back. But, I mean, I think the point is, though, his face actually looks much better than Then it should. I mean, how based, badly he was burned. Literally in that scene, the the flames, like, engulf his face after his, like, yes. eyes do that weird red thing. Yes. Oh, and, his, and your eyes gross. can get very badly burned to the point that you get, you know, you can become blind and stuff like that from just a burn. So, yeah, the idea and that's that just like just the thermal see, burn. Yeah. Like, the fact that he was in the volcano, all of the fumes and all that stuff blowing yeah. around, too, would also affect his eyes. Yeah. Like toxic, neither of them are wearing eye protection. Neither of them are wearing. I mean, Obi-Wan makes it out of that pretty well, if you ask me. As, I mean, as far as we know, <laughs> as we far don't as know we what know. happened afterwards. Well, he looks okay when he goes and finds Princess Leia, but I guess that that's, like, years later. Yeah, but, like, right after, maybe he needed to go to a hospital to treat some inhalational injuries, we don't know. (laughs) Maybe Obi-Wan was sitting in a waiting room somewhere. (laughs) They build him as a level three. That's the one thing about, that's the one thing about burns that can be really tricky, is somebody could come into an, an emergency room, and if you don't have as much experience with burns, and they say, I'm here, but, you know, my, uh... I was fighting in I a was, volcano. I was in. I was fighting in a volcano, you know, and I feel fine, but I feel like I should come to the hospital. You know, you can't really blow that off and say like, "Oh, they're fine," you know, because as we mentioned, especially with the airway, things can rapidly change um, in a very short period of time with <laughs> your breathing. Um, so I'm. I would not be surprised if it's happened before where people suffered severe consequences because they didn't look so bad when they first came in um but then they sort of rapidly developed airway swelling um and did not turn out as good as they wanted and the pain control can be bad and treating severe burns is like a weeks long process oh yeah you're in the hospital um, weeks to months weeks to months yeah you're in the hospital every day is trying to make sure you're not getting an infection trying to make sure that you're doing as much as you can in terms of preventing things like contractures. Um, It's a combination of intensive treatment and intensive rehab. um, And being in a hospital that long is not great. There's a lot of, you know, consequences of being in intensive care for long periods of time. And it's not good. So it seems like they get Anakin sort of treated quickly and then into the suit, which we talk about in a different episode. So we we won't dwell on that too much. But I think it's safe to say that he should not have survived his burn. <laughs> <laughs> no, he should not. Maybe the There's... acid rain was his fluid replacement for that oh, beginning God. part of time. <laughs> it just kept him nice and moist. It just kept him nice and moist. <laughs> With sulfur. Even though it sulfur was like dioxide. sulfur and ca- carbon monoxide. Yeah. I there's um I I remember that there's a documentary, and I'm going to have to look this up and maybe put it in the liner notes, but there's a documentary about a man who was burned in a forest fire and also sustained, like, whole body burns that I remember watching in either medical school or residency. Um, And it is actually a very good documentary to show you what burn care is like and then kind of the aftermath, because he also healed with, you know, contractures and some issues. Yeah, I think Um, I I watched, I also watched a documentary in med school. Um, It was actually during, like, a palliative care rotation um, mm -hmm. about a woman 
who or like a medical ethics or something like that. And it was a woman who I think was similarly in like a fire or something like that. Um, I want to say it was somewhere out west, like the Grand Canyon or something like that. Um, but it was similarly where she suffered really, really severe burns and they go through what it takes to take care of her. And in her specific yeah. case, it was like it was painful enough that it had to do more with like medical decision making and that sort of thing with her family because she was very, very ill and not really super conscious at the initial part of her uh, burn management. Yeah, they talked about that with his too, because he was in so much pain from just the care that he needed to have to treat his burn. Yes. That he was asking people to kill him. Yeah. He wanted to die. And they decided that he wasn't in his right mind, I think, to make that decision. So they kind of persevered. And that's something that he talks about, like, remembering much later in his life. Ugh. Um, Rough. I know. Woof. On that note, I mean, that I'll try note. to find the name of that video well, and, if you or see that somebody, documentary, and I'll put so it I in guess, the liner notes. Yeah, so the important <laughs> thing is, you know, always keep, like, the stuff that you learn in elementary school about things like fires, right, it's still true when you're an adult. Yes, you know, fire is dangerous. Fire is dangerous. Play with it. Don't go. Stop, drop, and roll. Don't run in the direction of the fire unless you're a firefighter and you have a lot of protective equipment on. Um, keeping a fire extinguisher in your house, making sure you have a way to escape a fire in your house. If you're a fan of This Is Us, not keeping crock pots on overnight. <laughs> um, but also, like the thing that I always go back to is. It's never it, it's never going to be the wrong thing to know how to do CPR because you might need to right. do CPR in right. a situation with a burn. But um, burns are serious. They should be taken seriously and treated very quickly and promptly. And on that super serious note, let's go to the resident lounge where we talk about random tidbits and questions that we have about the thing that we're talking about. And so, Deepa, this is my big question. Why didn't they put Anakin in a Bacta tank? I don't know. I Let me just, we talked about the medical droids, and we'll talk about the quality of the education and professionalism of various medical systems, systems, people, whatever they are. But yeah. I think that they either didn't have the technology, maybe the, maybe the empire doesn't have the technology, which would I be think, so weird. I feel like the Bacta tanks already existed before this happened to Anakin. Did but they I could show be it in a different that. movie? I feel like it existed, like, I'm not entirely sure, honestly. And I don't want to make something up because someone's going to at me about it. So. I know. Back to <laughs> But tank. even if they don't have a back to tank, they probably had back to. Back to had been around for, like, way before the Empire, I want to say. It said it existed during the Clone Wars. Okay. I guess. But, like, what is a back to tank? What is back to, right? It's the fluid. So, yeah, back to is, like, that... That healing fluid that um, basically... Is it just Neosporin? I feel like that's what it is. It basically (laughs) just promotes tissue regeneration, right? And like it's supposed to help prevent scars. It's like a a ubiquitous healing fluid that they use against like everything. I mean, Um, how convenient to have, right? Right. And so if you have that and you have the possibility of having enough of that to put in a tank to submerge someone in isn't Anakin like the prime candidate for something like that he absolutely is the he has a 100% burn on his whole body and then presumably the back to tank would be like sterile right so then you could eliminate an infection risk if you manage to just get an airway in him and submerge him in a back to tank I mean these pictures that I'm looking at of the back to tank the person has a tube in there going into their mouth yeah 
So, like, why did they not do that for him? Maybe they did, and we just didn't see it. Although, why they wouldn't show it to us, I don't know that either. Right, that seems like something that they would show us. But, I mean, if they... Well, I guess maybe they did, and that's why his scarring is only what it is, and not much worse. (laughs) (laughs) His scarring is basically none, because he walks around like he's just fine. Well, he has, like, cybernetic limbs now, right? Yeah, but his arm... He still has one arm... One that, of them was set, the the arm that didn't get cut off was cybernetic to begin with, because that right. had been cut off earlier. Did Obi Wan cut off his other arm too? I don't remember who cut off the first arm, but Obi Wan cut, cut off <laughs> oh the three my other gosh. limbs. We're doing so, so good with our knowledge of Star Wars. Yes, um, nobody nobody correct us. We'll look this up we, ourselves. We know. Don't send a letter. Don't don't email us about this. Let's see. It says a Bacta tank was located in Darth Vader's castle on Mustafar, where the Dark Lord would he relax. He a castle on that volcano planet? I mean, if you're going to build a castle somewhere, why not make it right where Although your PTSD guess, is? Yeah, I guess that's kind of like <laughs> his poetic, like, this is where I was born. Like, I don't this know is if where this Darth is true Vader at all. It's, on Wik- it's, it's from Wikipedia. I feel like Wikipedia is pretty accurate, usually. Pretty accurate for this fictional universe. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know why they didn't put him in it. I think that maybe it doesn't say when they started to use them, but they said they were there during the Clone Wars. So yeah, I guess it should have been around. I mean, I feel like even if if a tank wasn't no, but around says, yet, I think, they, I think they did put him in it. There's somebody some quote here that says uh, some pretty serious burns, but nothing a night in the back to tank won't fix. Ashoka Tano to an injured Anakin Skywalker. I'm looking at the source. Let's see what it was in. I mean... It's in the Clone Wars TV series. Oh, okay. Which we did not watch. Which we did not watch, so basically it didn't happen. (laughs) I mean, I don't think he would have said something like that about Anakin's burns in Revenge of the Sith, because some pretty serious burns is quite an understatement to the state of Anakin. They were so unserious about that that they took him unexposed in the rain. That's true. They were like, whatever, we got back to tank. Whatever, the, ba- the back to tank will fix it. No need to jump on this right now. We got we got time, guys. <laughs> oh, oh man. God. But that was my only question. I was your that was your only question? That but was my I have a much simpler question. question, which is just that you'd think that as soon as they started fighting in the volcano, they would at least have like they both have kind of long hair at the time, like yeah. shaggy hair and like yes. eyebrows and things like that. It doesn't take much to accidentally singe an eyebrow. Is that a question? I'm just wondering why their eyebrows aren't <laughs> singed. I mean, I think eyebrows, their clothes, again, they're they're Oh yeah, they have to, so many clothes. Their they clothes have so many are clothes. so flowy and flappy flowy in the wind. Robes. There's yeah. they should be burnt. It's like a miracle that neither of them caught on fire before Anakin was, like, collapsed on that embankment. That's true. It is a miracle that they're not on fire just as soon as they decided to start fighting in a volcano. Yes. Which, just a terrible idea. Guys, so kids, don't, don't, don't fight, fight in volcanoes. volcanoes. It's just a bad idea. <laughs> the also, wear sunscreen. The moral story is wear sunscreen, and in lieu of that, don't fight in a volcano. Or not necessarily in lieu of that. You should wear sunscreen, just <laughs> even, in general. Even if you're fighting a volcano, make sure you right. have good sunscreen. Right. And then if someone comes up to you and is like, hey, want to go have a fight in a volcano? Just be like, no, no thanks. No, The answer is no. Only if my mom lets me, but she'll probably say no. <laughs> and even if she let you, you should be like, no, thanks. <laughs> I now know that that would be a terrible idea. <laughs> All right. So should we do our discharge summary now that we're at the end of our hospital stay? Sure. So my 
opinion of this scene and not the movie in specific, because then that would just get to be too long, is that it looked really cool, Mm -hmm. um, but is super unrealistic (laughs) as to what would happen if you were actually inside of a volcano. So I guess I give it three out of five volcanoes. You're Mostly for the it, cool factor. Is it good to have more volcanoes or good to have less volcanoes? I mean, you know, whatever you want. Whatever you want <laughs> that to be. My thing is, I think that it's, it is a cool, it's definitely a cool looking scene. Um, there's a lot of red uh, involved and it's artistically cool how the contrast of the color of the lightsabers is against the red volcano. But um, neither of them would have lasted a second in that volcano if they're, you know. All, all things otherwise being equal. So I'm going to give it uh, two out of five tubes of Neosporin. <laughs> nice. I think I give the medical care a zero out of five. <laughs> medical medical droids, droids, once again, get their licenses revoked. Seriously. Although there's – knowing the quality of the medical droids, I can't imagine that there's some sort of governing board that actually cares. I mean, this whole – all of the all of this like governing body in Star Wars is falling apart at this point. So <laughs> okay. who would even be in charge? Of I guess that? that's true. Nobody's in charge here. <laughs> all right. Well, I think we have literally exhausted the burns. <laughs> yes, I think that is all of our time now. So thanks for listening, guys. And we'll see you next time. <laughs> Hear you next time. I always forget what I want to say. Thanks for listening to Doc's Watch. You can subscribe to our medical ramblings on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Find us on Twitter at Doc's Watch Pod or visit us at docswatchpod.com.